Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is Reservations. I'm Jeremy Blair. And I'm Rain Whalen. And before we get into our episode today, we saw Dune. Oh my god. It was so good! Yes, uh, I don't know if we'd actually talked about it on mic, but Jeremy and I, uh, off mic, have been very excited for Dune. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure we have discussed how much uh, we love Denis Villeneuve. Well, I mean, um, we did the Prisoners episode, so yeah. I, I, I assume we talked about it then. Yeah, uh, and uh, we will, because uh, David, for commenting, uh, we will do Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, eventually we'll do... We will do Blade Runner. Yeah, we'll do Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. Oh, man. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it was. It was so rad. It was... Uh, it was it, it, it's everything you actually want an adaptation to be. Um, I actually, later that night, when I got home... Uh, there was already a Watch Mojo video up about oh, the, dif- nice. the differences between Lynch's version and a lot. this one. A lot. And there are a lot. Um, it's because Lynch, David Lynch, uh, not to say he did a bad job, but he tried to condense this massive book yeah. into two and a half hours. Yeah. And uh, then he was like, yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, I mean, you can't do that to the House of Trades. Um, <laughs> I'm a... Uh... I know now, you know what I mean? I, I, yeah. Well, I'm hip to all that. Now. And I feel like Denis, if he, if he had his way, he would have done it, but it would have been like five hours long. Yeah. And Warner was like, no, that's too long. That's too long. We'll trust like that. Yeah, that's too long. <laughs> uh, doesn't he have like a six hour Blade Runner cut that I would kill to see? Does he really? Yeah. I would love that. And I would also love if they did that for Dune. Like when, when both versions come out on home release, if they did a super cut and it was all to God. Super cut. That'd be so great. But yeah, uh, so fair warning to uh, everyone who doesn't know, this is only just the first half. Yeah, part one. Um, my uh, Not trying to shame anyone, but my mother-in-law didn't realize that until halfway through the movie, even though the movie opens with it. With Dune part one. Dune part one. But, but she, she might have thought that, you know, it was going to be like a movie with chapters, right? Like part yeah, one, part, part one, part yeah. But, uh, but it, this is just the first half, but it's... It's solid, man. It only covers uh, n- the first 94 minutes in David Lynch's Dune. Damn. That's yeah. pretty much half of his movie already. Yeah. Uh, and and it was just so... We talked about it after we walked out of the theater, man. And it's... How they handled the internal politics of the movie is... It was great. Like, you don't have to really under- know the characters of Dune yeah. to get it. Yeah. I mean, it was... Very well done. Not boring. I, no. You know, when you say, like, the politics and stuff, you're like, ugh. You probably think the Phantom Menace. Yeah, you think Phantom Menace. You think, like, <laughs> you know, fucking city council meetings and shit. And I'm just like, I hate this. Um, but he does it in such a way that you're not bored. Well, and something else in that Watch Mojo video. And I, I think I might link it up there. Up there? Up there. Okay. Um, the way y'all can check it out once you see it. Um is uh, the exposition of the movie. Lynch is very heavy-handed with it. Yes. As we've discussed, you don't like. No. But as where Denis works, interworks it very naturally. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, obviously there is some open narration, which you do need. I mean, the book is, you know. Yeah, the book is massive. Yeah. And not only is it massive, but it's so dense with information. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. It, it's, it's like... It's like our uh, fantasy fans out there who love George R. R. Martin. I've been told all the Game of Thrones books are so dense with, with world building that it's not hard to keep track, but you kind of have to. Yeah. Same thing with Dune. Do you think they'll ever do an adaptation of his um, Game of Thrones books? 
Sorry, I couldn't even do that with the straight face. Um, I've never seen Game of Thrones, so I don't... I think you would dig it. it it's, it's like Lord of the Rings. Just less hobbits. Yeah. Hobbits would I like it that much. Uh, um, but, <laughs> but it was great. Um, and, and if anyone out there sees it and tries to compare it to Star Wars, don't. I did. It's the first thing I thought of was this is Star Wars for people who can read. Or like, <laughs> Dune is Star Wars... For people who have had sex. Uh, like, Dune is Star Wars uh, for uh, smart people. Uh, let, let's do a few more. Dune is Star okay. Wars. <laughs> well, I was telling Alex about it last night, and I told him that's what you said. And he was like, well, I mean, kind of truthfully, that's what it is. Yeah. Because uh, if Frank Herbert had never written Dune, um, we would have never gotten Star Wars. But then Alex made a good observation. Had Star Wars, had Star Wars never happened, then we would have never gotten this version. That's of true. That is true. It's a, uh, it's a, um, I can't think of the term. It's a paradox. It, well, the, the snake eating its own tail in, in, in. Yeah. It's the, uh, Eurobors. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Um, yes. One could not have happened without the other. Yeah, but more yeah, importantly, yeah. if Dune was never written, then we would have never gotten Star Wars. Right. Which, uh, it took a lot for me not to, to correct those guys behind us when uh, we were walking out. You know, out. I'm also excited because, uh, or at least I am cautiously optimistic because uh, Denis Villeneuve is going to also do a series, um, an accompaniment uh, to Dune. Uh, so like covering the other books? I think so. I don't know. I, I know it's a, it's a series to further, you know, the... I guess the, to, the lore, the lore right, and the okay. the other books, and so um, hopefully it won't be a mess. You know, it won't ruin it. I don't think it will because it's Denis Villeneuve still. But um, and, and see, and that seems to be hang on, everyone. That seems to be a running thing that Warner's doing now, having these directors helm series to follow certain movies, like uh, with James Gunn's Suicide Squad. They just released the first trailer for Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, and then I think they're still doing it for which the I will watch. I, I gotta be honest, it looks fun. You it, know, like it looks well, like fun. They're, and they're making Peacemaker be more sympathetic. Oh, mine. <laughs> did you not watch the trailer for it? I want. I did, but I, I guess you're right. He is more sympathetic, but uh, you know. But I mean, he kind of has to be. He's the hero of the show, so mm-hmm. they they have to make him likable. Yeah. Uh, but then I think they're also doing it for the Batman, a show that's going to follow. Yeah. Um, uh, Jeffrey Wright's Jim Gordon, which. That I'm actually pretty excited for. It's what I wanted Gotham to be. You know, yeah. I did not like it. I watched the first couple of episodes of Gotham and I go, I hate this. Well, also, they didn't it. have the correct licensing either. so they Is that true? Yeah, dude. They couldn't do half the shit that they. Oh. Like, like uh, Cameron Montague's Joker is not technically the Joker. Right, I knew that. They, they couldn't call him that because Warner said no. See, that's the same thing that we were talking about last time with uh, Spectre. Yeah. Right. Is that you can have the the rights to James Bond, but not Spectre. But not Spectre. That doesn't make any sense to me. If you have the rights to to Batman and to Gotham and all that stuff, you should have. It should be all encompassing. But I guess it doesn't. I guess. I that, mean, well, then, but then the same could be said with uh, Marvel and Sony with Spider Man. That's but, true. People it, can own different characters, which is odd. But yeah, um, it's yeah, it's really weird. Anyway, right. we're not here to talk about Dune. Uh, was any, amazing. Go Dune see was it. awesome. Go yeah. see it. I recommend a theater, one hundred percent. But if I, I guess if you're still worried and you're still you know sort of like, or if you don't want to pay that much money and you're already paying for HBO, go ahead and watch it on HBO. But 
Go see it in the theater. I, I recommend seeing it in a theater. It, it, it big is, time. It, it, this movie was designed to see it in theaters. I mean, yeah. like, granted, it's a contradiction because when it comes out on home release, obviously, yeah. you and I are probably going to get it. Of course. But in in the first 30 days, you got to... You got to, man. It's so, so good. And it's, you know, we saw it on a massive screen. We went yeah. to the Synergy Epic, Epic screen, right? Comparable to IMAX, uh, if anyone goes to Regal or... So, um, I am told that they did get the air conditioner fixed. So, we might, I might go back uh, to Regal. That's good. Uh, yeah, because even though I like Synergy, I am getting tired of... Uh, hang on, everyone. Uh, <laughs> I'm tired of when we get there, the... Uh, Concession line is backed up, and dude, yeah. I was so hungry when Rewrite. we left. I was so hungry. Anyway. I had eaten beforehand. Dune was awesome. Dune, go see it. Go see it. Okay, but today, we're talking Tron. Yeah, we're talking... We're talking Tron. Talking Tron. Had never seen it. This is my first so, time. So, okay. So, before I ask you what you thought of it, mm-hmm. uh, so yes, everyone, we are discussing the 1982 film Tron. Uh, this is technically a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think most people forget that. Because it doesn't really, it doesn't really feel like a Disney movie. No, but this was during that weird '80s period of Disney movies where they were trying to. Dude, their movies were tanking, and this was no exception. Uh, yeah, this yeah. this this one, and even its subsequent sequel, which is part two of this, yeah. uh, are both considered cult films. Yeah. Um, so Jeremy. Yeah. So what did you think about it? When it started, I was like, uh oh. I don't like this because it was boring. I thought it was so dull. It, it, yeah, and it start. Yeah, the first first thirty minutes are it's very boring. And that's exactly that's precisely when I when I just sat down. I was like, fine, I'm just because I was packing. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. And I, wrong of me to watch something and do something else at the same time. But uh, you know, we're trying to get we're trying to move and trying to get out of the house. So I was packing up my movies. Teardrop. <laughs> I hate doing that. And I only got two shelves done. And so I was doing that, and then it was the 30-minute mark. I go, I really need to start paying attention to this because, like, I've been introduced to so many people that I don't know who they are. Yeah, they, and- <laughs> yeah, they throw a ton of information yeah. at you at once. And then once it gets sucked into the game... That's when... I loved it. I thought it was oh, awesome. so much fun. I was, I was finding myself really enjoying the, just the aesthetic, how it looked. Mm-hmm. I loved... You know, I mean, obviously, yes, it's old, and it doesn't look slick or anything, but it looked cool, and I, I yeah. love... You know, my favorite color is blue. It's one of the reasons. I think one of the reasons I love Watchmen so much is Dr. Manhattan. I just love the the glow of the blue. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it hugs my brain. Um, <laughs> and so I really enjoyed that. And I, you know, I like that they did their skin in black and white. And, yeah. you know, yeah, that yeah. was that was dope. Um, do I understand everything that went on and what was going on? Not really, but... Uh, I'll I have you for that. Um, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll do the best I can do because I, you know, again, it was I kind of yada yada through the first thirty minutes. You know, my viewing experience, um, but I did notice that they were using the same actors. Yeah, as in the real world, for, you know, for the I would assume for the audience to have them have some sort of emotional attachment to these yeah. lifeless things. Yeah, uh, these programs, uh, but I did really enjoy the computer part that part i loved so i i think i think uh then when we get to part two i think you'll enjoy legacy because legacy and we'll we're not going to do legacy i just want to let jeremy know legacy builds on a lot of the Mm -hmm. things that they did with this but anyway so tron um 
just brief synopsis, everyone, if you haven't seen it. So Tron is in 1982, I believe, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's outright said. It looked like Los Angeles. But I'm pretty sure it's Los Angeles because I want to say the sequel takes place in Los Angeles. Uh, anyway, uh, we have a ton of characters that we are thrown in the first 30 minutes. There's a bunch of people. Let's start with um, the real people. Yes. There is um, Bruce Boxlander as uh, Alan. Mm-hmm. Alan. There is, uh, I don't know her name, uh, Laura. Uh-huh. And then uh, our man Jeff Bridges. Our man Jeff Bridges. As uh, Flynn. Yeah. Um, Flynn, uh, shit, what's his full name? Because Flynn is his last name. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, he, he's always, the movie cemented that he's just known as Flynn. And um, they are, oh, well, apart from Flynn, they are employees of a, I'm assuming a tech conglomerate called Incom, uh, which is, uh, I guess, run technically by this guy named Dillinger, who is stereotypically evil. Yes, because he's British. <laughs> he's like, the, it reminded me of the guy um, that... Um, uh, Peter. Uh, oh my God, I forgot his name. It doesn't matter. Uh, in Star Wars, he reminded me of um that the first lieutenant or whatever in the original Star Wars. Oh, um, or whatever in the oh in A New Hope. Uh, in Empire, yeah. Tarkin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's stereotypical evil because he's British, and he looks just like him too. I yeah. Think. Uh, but this actor is still alive. Oh, okay. That's uh, cause, insane. Because I looked it up. I was How like, old is he? A thousand? I think he's like. Almost 80. Oh, really? Oh, he looked terrible back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but then, so the movie, so then let's, let's get to the digital world. Yeah. Uh, where we have these other characters of Tron, uh, Yori. Ram. Ram, Sark, and then uh, the Master Control Program. Yeah. Or MCP. Uh, so the movie is very 80s in the aspect of computers are becoming more common mm-hmm. in day-to-day life but more this point, common but not prevalent you know correct. like because i was i watched a featurette i actually did some uh, a little bit of research well not just re- i mean research kind of but i actually watched the special features i always say i'm gonna do that and never do um but in this one it was you know which they're absolutely right it's amazing that they wrote this thing and they're having people say these words that they don't know yeah right like i'm kind of familiar with these words and i know nothing about computers but imagine literally knowing nothing and they're throwing these words at you like bit and program and like all that, all this like jargon mm-hmm. in the computer programming world that I know what a bit is because of the social network. That's what I know yeah. what a bit is. I, you know, but these, these guys are just like, I don't know, computers are crazy. You know what I mean? Like, like, Yo, like I don't know lie. what these words mean, you know? Yes. Uh, I should mention, if anyone decides to watch this movie, they are going to say a lot of things that, in today's terminology, actually doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, right. why would one thing do the other? It's it's almost like the director, I can't think of his name, was almost like kind of reaching out, like, yeah, this will this will make sense yeah. in 10 years. And, you know, in, in a way it kind of does. It right? does. Because it does. we do, we are familiar with these terms now. Mm-hmm. And he's right that 
computers did become very prevalent and you know and we ha- almost have this because the embodiment of the programs are almost like a digital presence mm-hmm. that we now have today which of course tron legacy doubles down on we'll get to that yep. next week um but yeah you know and and especially for 82 like, yeah yeah, yeah. Of, no it's trying, extremely impressive trying to get a computer a personal computer in 82 was hard you'd have to be a zillionaire yeah you'd have yeah. to be steve jobs founding apple then fired from apple to to get that yeah um but anyway so so let's talk about our humans real quick okay so again uh alan and laura are engineers at income mm-hmm. uh alan being a, where flynn used to work flynn used to work yes yeah. uh alan of course is a software engineer laura is a they kind of yada yada over what the hell Laura is. They kind of yada yada over Laura, but that's yeah. Fine. <laughs> I think I honestly, honest to God, I think they just they put Laura in the movie to cause some kind of friction between Flynn and Alan. Yeah, because obviously Flynn dated Laura at some point, uh, and now Alan is dating her. Spoiler: Flynn gets her back. Yeah. Um, technically, because yeah, she's not in Tron Legacy. Oh, uh, but. All of a sudden, Flynn has a kid. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, anyway. Um, yeah, I think she was just put in the movie just for tension purposes yeah, only. I agree. Uh, but anyway, yes, so Flynn is no longer an employee at Incom because Flynn, being so passionate about programming, um, would come in late, stay late, and work on a bunch of video games because... They're also very vague about what the hell income is. Yeah. Like our... It's almost like they're multifaceted. Like, they do this, they do that. They do video games. They do, yeah. you know, like... And so, apparently, Flynn had designed these really good video games. And uh, Dillinger stole them all mm-hmm. and presented them to the board as his ideas. And as Flynn mentions, it doesn't even change the name. Right. And they promoted him to Senior Executive. Um, which I don't... That I caught while I was uh, packing. And uh, I was like, they yeah. hit that word too hard. Like it, like I'm supposed to be like, ooh. Oh, <laughs> like, and, and you know what I did? Not that. Yeah, because because <laughs> he's like, he begins his meteoric rise to, you know, what is it? Executive VP? And then Laura's like, senior executive. And he's like... I'm like I don't know what those words are. Those words mean nothing to me. Senior executive. But uh, so <laughs> Flynn is... Silly. So Flynn is trying to prove... Uh, as we're kind of introduced in the beginning, Flynn is trying to prove that Dillinger did steal it, which of course he knows he did, but he's got, he has to find the digital paper trail. Uh, But what he's actually doing is creating an enemy because Dillinger is in cahoots with his master control program. And that master control program is also stereotypically very uh which is voiced by the same actor who plays dillinger that's fun uh, apparently it was uncredited but uh I, the whole time i was watching it today i was like that voice sounds really familiar. yeah and it's because i i get it i was like oh because technically dillinger because as it's told through exposition the master control program started as a chess program mm-hmm. that dillinger came in and i guess rebuilt um which I don't even know how he knew how to do that in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> of course, you know, we should also mention, this is like during the time of like when War Games... Is, or did War Games come out? You know War Games? You know War Games? Uh, War Games come out after this, I think. 
Oh, okay. Well, shit, I was going to say, you know, like, fucking War Games is doing this shit. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, Tron, Tron started War Games. <laughs> um, you're welcome, Matthew Broderick. Yeah, you're welcome. War Games. <laughs> War Games. Uh, yeah, so, so Flynn devises a plan with Laura and Alan that if they can get him into Incom and get him to a terminal, he can not only prove that Dillinger stole his plans, but Alan could get his Tron program. That's the name of the movie. That's the name of the movie. Uh, Tron program, who apparently uh, Alan designed to ping, uh, I guess, unregistered protocols and shut them down. As in, Tron could shut down the mass control program and they can get Dillinger out. Well, the mass control program, being somewhat sentient, uh, decides... Well, if I get rid of Flynn, this plan will go nowhere. Right. And uh, Flynn gets sucked into the computer. Sucked into the computer. And now the movie gets good and fun. You know? Yes. Because uh, it's boring up until that point. Although I did laugh out loud when he goes, it's a big door. <laughs> when the door is swinging it's up. Slowly. It's so slow, but it's so thick, too. And it's <laughs> like, it's a big door. Also, I should mention, man. So uh, this was almost 10 years before he, he did The Big Lebowski. My man was looking hot. My man looked good, dude. And of course, we'll get to my favorite piece of trivia. But um, oh yeah, the, I just learned. Oh, you didn't know? I didn't know either. Yeah, I just thought that they will get there. Hang on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, hang on. I just want to gush over Jeff Bridges really yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. He plays the passionate nerd so well. Yeah. Because Flynn, he has his own arcade shop, which uh, is pretty tight. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty tight. Comes back in the sequel. Uh, it's just called Flynn's. Like, how dope is that? Like. Uh, hey man, we're gonna hang out Flint's today. Yeah, it's all Flint's. And uh, my man apparently crushes it on all the games. Yep. And uh, it's dude, Jeff is just. I just off. like that he he's got his you know it's got his Walkman in you know. Yeah. He's crushing, so sweaty, you know. Uh-huh. His underarms were so sweaty. Yeah. Uh, like when they first see him. You yeah, know? and then he's got to change his shirt. Yeah, I mean obviously. Yeah. Uh, Look good. And what's what I really love is that he's he's a you know nerdy, but he's also still kind of a hippie. Mm-hmm. Like because man, like he's you can tell he's still got that little bit of hippiness in him. Yeah, which really comes back in Legacy, which I dig so much. Anyway, cool. Um, but yeah, so Flynn is sucked into the computer, and now I want to gush over how they did this. Yeah, because I'm I'm assuming did you get to the part where they talk about how they. How no. This. Okay. No. So, they shot everything in, uh, I believe, black and white. Mm-hmm. But not only black and white, the sets were painted black and white. Oh, that's cool. And then what they did is they sent the footage. Um, I'm going to try to remember this. They sent the footage to literally be hand colored. Which is rotoscoping. Yes, that's what they did. Uh they, because they had different templates to lay over to color it, and that's how they achieved the effect of, yeah, them glowing, and it's, yeah, it it, it has not aged well. Well, but the f- well, I like that it looks like a hand drawn thing, right? Yeah. Uh, which it is, mm-hmm. uh, hand drawn because you can see the sort of flickering, there, it's almost like they're vibrating, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what hand drawn looks like. You yeah. know, if like if something is staying still, but you have to keep drawing it over and over again, the hand you're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna put a line somewhere it's not supposed to be, so it looks like it's moving, it's shaking. 
Yeah. A great example of this would be like home movies or <laughs> right, a, a show I just started watching. Jeremy's just been rewatching home movies. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, but, you know, they're shaking, right? Yeah. Because uh, it's crudely hand-drawn. And a great another great example would be um, uh, It's Such a Beautiful Day. Uh, go oh, back yeah. and watch that. Shout out to our It's Such a Beautiful Day episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, and you know, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, it's extremely impressive. Um, especially because they do, they, you know, when you're in the computer, it's not, I'm trying to think of another good example where someone gets like sucked into a computer. There's an episode of, uh, Fairly Odd Parents when you get sucked into a computer. Yeah, where Timmy, yeah, I just. Do you remember that episode? Yeah, I remember that episode. <laughs> Cause that's, I think it's the first time they did Timmy in 3D. Oh. I think. Anyway, um. I, I just love that they they portray programs as almost like people. They're people, yeah. And which I like I said like I said in last week's episode, I saw Tron Legacy first, and I really dig that that programs in their world are almost like people, yeah, as well. And uh, and they know like what they were beforehand. Like. Yeah, because so here's the the whole evil plan that Master Control. Uh, MCP has as he's been snatching up programs and if you're of use to him he essentially hooks you up to his mainframe and essentially steals bits of your information and if you are no of use to him well he sends you to the games and you're trained to play in the games which I assume are the video games that we see they which I have a little bit of inconsistencies inconsistency with that i'll get i'll get to in a second but this is where we meet ram Mm -hmm. um this is where we meet tron and this is where they meet flynn um the first user uh because they almost portray users as sort of like which this i liked this was like some lord of the Flies shit where they're the the programs that believe in users are religious fanatics. Yeah. Right. It, it's like literally they use the term religious fanatics and they, you know, it's a religion to them to believe in that the users wrote us. Right. Yeah. Um, which I think if explored further, could be really interesting. Uh, it's an interesting concept and an well, interesting philosophy. Um, I don't mean to keep bringing up legacy because, because we're going to get, there. we're going to get there next, next week, week, man. But in legacy, they, they kind of doubled down on it a okay. little bit more. Cause of, I thought it was an interesting concept. This movie goes really fast. Yeah. And doesn't really have time to, which as much as I enjoyed the movie and it was very entertaining, I have problems. Yeah. There's I have some... problems. And so we'll, we'll get to those problems. But one of them is things are moving too fast for you to have a second to comprehend or not just comprehend, but you know, like care, you no, know, yeah. like when, when Flynn and the girl won, <laughs> what was her name? Uh, Yori. When they had that moment, that, yeah. that kiss, well, why? Who cares? Do they even know each other? Like, I don't fucking care about well, you know? I have my theory on that. Okay. But, but in Legacy, they kind of... It's going to, like, the events are moving too fast for the characters to live within the space. Right. right? Okay, I, I see what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, and Legacy... Don't even like, get me started on the last, like, five minutes. That's Leg- crazy fast. Yeah, it's so fast. And go, go ahead. Uh, but Legacy... I, I will go and tell you this. Legacy really... They don't slow the pace down, but you do get a chance to feel this more lived-in world. Uh-huh. Especially considering 
the world in Legacy is much more f- physically polished, mm-hmm. which, ugh, dude, Legacy is so good. Anyway, <laughs> um, both movies are great. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so Flynn is trying to figure out what the hell is going on, where mm-hmm. he's at. Right. Uh, I love how he tells the other the 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 bad programs. It's about these unpaid parking tickets. Like what? Look around, man. What do you think this is about? <laughs> unpaid parking tickets. I know. Uh, it's so funny. But it's, it's oh, dude, so good, man. Um, but this is where we get more of kind of an understanding of what users could do if they were in this digital space. Yeah. You know, Flynn has a lot of power. Yeah. More power than the program is because since he's not a program himself. Right. It's almost like he can override the system, which is... It's really cool how they show it that he builds the uh, the recognizer. Yeah. This uh, and I love how they have the little hinge fall off on the leg. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he rebuilds it, and Ram is like, "You shouldn't have been able to do that." Right. Um. But yeah, it's it's very interesting how I would have liked. The, here's here's a here's a problem I got. Okay. I would have liked more games. Because we start out and I'm like, oh shit, he's gonna go through like these trials and stuff with different is that the highlight game, which is what that that's what that's called, highlight. Yeah. Um I was like, oh shit. He won, barely. Um Yeah, because he refused to kill the guy and so Sark was like, ah, alright, fine. Yeah. Uh I was like, Oh, it'd be cool. I wonder what the next one's gonna be. It's like Squid Game. And <laughs> <laughs> like i wonder what the next one's gonna be it's gonna be fun and then it, they quit doing it oh, he yeah. escapes or whatever and i'm like oh, they, yeah they go to the they go to the um light race i think it would be cool oh the light race that was the next one yeah and okay, that so they but did, that's it right but that's it the, the and that was cool of course it's iconic the the bikes i'm gonna go ahead and burst your bubble okay uh legacy they only do two games also they do a light race and they do uh sad they do more of like a Frisbee-esque one with their... Uh, That's me being sad. With their identity disc. Yeah, dude, I know what an identity disc is, okay? I anyway. watched the movie today. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, I've seen the Frisbee. So, so yes. So, uh, kind of going back to what you said about how they have the actors playing the humans and the, the um, programs. I agree. I think it's more for the audience. But it's also for Flynn now being in this world a way he can recognize people. Mm -hmm. Because when he sees Tron, he calls him Alan. Yeah. And Tron's like, how do you know that? How do you know names? How do you know that? Uh, Oh, and did you like how he had a Tron had a T on his chest? It was really cool too. Yeah. Three dots. Yeah. And then two here. Uh, But yeah, uh, and uh, Flynn gets Tron's trust by saying like, yeah, I, I know Alan. He sent me, my user knows him and they sent me in here to find you. And, uh, cause I think he's, I think Flynn's starting to learn like, well, if I come out and say I'm a user, yeah. I'm dead. Right. Um, but if I play along that I'm a program, then, Hey, well we can help each other. Yeah. Um, which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. He could have just said like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a user. I know your user. Let's get out of here. Kind of the whole movie doesn't make sense, but that's, uh, again, it's just, <laughs> it's just fun to watch. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, none of this makes sense. Yeah, uh, okay, so here comes my first problem. All right, cool. With the light race. Okay. Very iconic scene. Most most people should know the light race. 
If you've never seen Tron, you've probably seen the light race parodied somewhere. I know Family Guy does a really good parody yeah. of it. Um, and I think it even spawned a video game. Like uh, a legitimate video game. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. Outgrossed the movie. The, the video, video game? game? Yeah. The video game made more money than the movie did. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it did. And it was very popular, obviously. But, um, uh, what was the point I was about to make? With the light I don't race? know. About the light race. Oh, okay. oh yes. My, my problem. So, very early on in the movie, we see someone at Flynn's playing the light race. But you see Sark and another program playing, you know, they're playing it. But how is this guy playing the game if they make their own decisions? Yeah, I don't know. That's... I like to think of it as maybe it's like no one's playing it right now and it's the demo, you know? (laughs) Like, I don't know. But we see a guy, like, grab the joystick and he's like, ah, damn it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they were thinking that far ahead. They're like, okay, so we're gonna... Yeah, it's not like Wreck-It Ralph. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Most movies should be like Wreck-It Ralph, but it's not. Oh my god, I can't believe she's used Wreck-It Ralph. I like Wreck-It Ralph. I didn't see the other one. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet? Yeah, I didn't see that. Another day. I noticed I was very far away from the microphone, sorry. Um, I've been very but anyway, so that's my first problem, is if the, li- if, if the programs can make their own decisions, yeah. why even have this game? Yeah, I don't know. Of, uh, that's a great question. But then it also begs the question, in Legacy, Flynn makes a game called Tron. It doesn't make any sense. No. Anyway. Um, but it's cool looking. It is cool looking. Uh, and so, so anyway. So Flynn, Ram, and Tron uh, escape the light race. Race. Um, and they're dope little uh, light race cars. Yeah. Um, and uh, they decide, okay, if we can get to this input output tower Tron can get a message to Alan yeah and they'll know what they need to do next um and then this is when Ram learns of Flynn being a user yeah um and Ram dies R.I.P. R.I.P. um the uh, Disney did a short film after Tron Legacy came out mm-hmm. um where we get to actually see Ram's user, oh. so he's still alive. Oh. Because Bruce Broxlater isn't back in Legacy, and he calls him Ram. I think it's a completely different actor, but I was yeah. like, that's that's cool. That's fine. Um, but Ram dies. Uh, we should also mention Flynn also had a program called Clue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should mention that's important because Clue oh. comes back. Clue comes back. Okay. Clue comes back, uh, implying that Flynn writes multiple Clue. Um, uh, programs which it, clue means something it's uh, like oh, an acronym. C- certified likeness utility yes future rain double double check my my yeah acronym. future rain you bitch right. that was me i know oh well but see but <laughs> sorry I'm, future rain but i'm past rain yeah, in this moment give, yeah so. you don't give a shit yeah fuck you <laughs> uh but anyway so then uh but then yes uh so tron proceeds because uh, he thinks flynn and ram are dead they're not yet or at least flynn isn't yeah um and this is when we meet yori who is it's implied there who yeah, is there, there just like laura but it's implied that she's laura's program yeah um well i sure hope so because i mean otherwise someone's stealing laura's likeness that's right um, and Tron enlists her help t- 
she, Yori really doesn't do much. Yeah, no. The most she does, she gets them the um, the uh, the solar. It's called the solar surfer, not the solar surfer. The she gets them a ship to yeah. to get to. Now I will point out we're almost done with the movie. Oh yes, yes. By this point, we are almost <laughs> done. I mean, it's like this movie moves fast. It's only a ninety-minute movie. But... Yeah, very, very fast and furious. Yeah. Um, Tokyo Drift. And we, uh, Tron gets a message to Alan. Alan's like, I've encoded your disc with the kill code. Get it to the MCT control right. room and we're, we're Gucci. Yeah, we're Gucci. Um, Flynn finally catches back up with them. Yep. Technically, he sacrifices himself by jumping directly into the master control program. Yeah. But somehow he knew jumping into him and Tron being able to do the kill code will shoot him back out of the computer. Yeah. Which that was a big gamble for him to take. Big gamble. Uh, Cause just like in Friday uh, in nightmare on Elm street, you die in the computer, you die in real life. Is that true? I don't know. I don't know. Either. I would assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good point. I mean, cause in the legacy, they kind of point that out. Sorry. I know I keep saying, I'm not going to talk about legacy, but yeah, you've said it multiple times, but they, what, what uh, Richard, I do remember the, the director's first name, Richard, what he doesn't explain in this movie they kind of they explain in legacy like retroactive like yeah like i bet you we can we can explain some of the nonsense <laughs> like like sam flynn's son johnny uh, five gets yeah, johnny five gets cut at one point and he bleeds <gasps> oh no and that's how they know he's not a program oh no but anyway uh so i would assume if you die on the computer flynn dies for real but no they were they're able to defeat the master control program flynn gets shot back out of the computer and gets the evidence that Dillinger stole his shit. Yeah. And then he becomes, he becomes the, I, I, well, okay. So here's my problem with the movie is this, this section, the most part, because I think another movie, which again, I'm, I'm glad this movie wasn't fucking two hours long, but like, it's just too fast. Like, yeah. Like he gets out of the computer. He goes, Hey guys, I got it. And then we fade to black and then we, we fade, we fade back in. And uh, he is now the senior. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume. Just, listen, he takes Dillinger's job. It's like being a Highlander, you know, there can only be one and he defeated that one. Therefore he gets to take its place, uh, yeah. which is crazy. Well, and here's, here's the even crazier part in legacy. Somehow he becomes the CEO of Incom. It's been a while. That that makes more sense. But it's it's where he got from not being unemployed uh, to running the company in God knows how much time that we don't know. Right? Yeah. Uh, a couple we... of, like a day, an hour? A day. One day. One day. One day later. He goes to the board of directors. He stole my shit. All right, you're fired. You're right. rehired. Take uh, his job. You're out. You're in. Sit down. Take his job. Cool headphones. Cool. Uh, cool man. Wear a suit from now on. Yeah. Because, you know, you wear it's a like, suit. It's like, fine, but I'm not wearing a tie. <laughs> I'm, uh, fine. Fine. I'm putting the collars above the lapels, bro. You know how I do. Um, that's my that's my major problem with the movie is just how fast that goes and how, how little information you yeah. get. I mean, hey. I think, I think it's meant to be kind of like the shout out to our Back to the Future episodes. I think it's kind of meant to be... The nice kind of like wrap up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Marty's life is now perfect. Yeah. Um, Which uh, 
I just recently learned, sorry, everyone. Uh, Eric Stoltz found I, I, another reason why he was having a problem is because apparently he didn't, he felt like the ending was too sad because only Marty remembered how his life was. Oh. And I was like, I was like, my man, um, his life is perfect. Now. Yeah, his life's good now. His, his life's Gucci now. Dude. His parents are fucking loaded. Yeah, he's got the truck of his dreams. He's got that hot ass girlfriend. Got that hot ass girlfriend in the first movie. In the first movie. No offense, to Elizabeth Shue, but come on, <laughs> God, come on. Claudia Wells, do better. You know. Uh, but yeah, apparently Eric was like, "That's sad, sad." And apparently, sorry everyone. Oh, I also recently learned that Eric was taking it very seriously, like, like his, like he was taking it very serious like he had actually been sucked into the 50s that's another that's why they ultimately were like Eric. that doesn't make sense because he needs to be a fish out of water and anyway it doesn't matter um oh, I'll, I'll, we'll talk more about it uh okay. once it's over but anyway yeah so <laughs> let's get this over with yes so yeah so yeah the the ending is so fast it's and fast. it like i said i think it i think it's i mean even though this movie came out before back to the future i think it's kind of like that like they were trying to wrap it up Flynn's life is now perfect. Yep. He doesn't have to go back to that arcade. He's now running the company. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is that turnaround time is kind of off. Yeah, the, I mean, again, I'm I'm glad we didn't have to spend a ton of time outside the computer because I like the computer stuff. Um, and again, I'm glad this movie wasn't you know two hours. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it was just fun. It's fun. It's fun to watch. It's it, a it fun movie. A fun... I probably will watch it again. I think it was fun. So. It is a fun movie, and it's wild to think that now the director and writer of the movie uh, is super, super more about nature now. Um, everyone should check out the show on Disney Plus called uh, Prop Culture, because one of the um, one of the episodes is about Tron, and they go and they interview Richard, and he's like super into like woodwork now. I think he he owns a. Sorry, everyone. Uh, he owns one cell phone, I think, just for emergencies, but it's not really even that smart of a smartphone. Apparently, he doesn't have any computers in his house. He's just, like, super, super mellow now. Yeah, what a fun coincidence. You know? yeah. Or, not a coincidence, but, like, a, it's, like, a... Ironic. Ironic, thank you. That he wrote this movie about living in a digital age, and now he's almost... Off the grid. Like, yeah, rejected all of that. That's funny. I wonder if, like... Like he made people just assume he'd be like super techie, right? Uh-huh. But I wonder if he's always been like that, and he just like had this cool idea for this movie, right? I, I I'm gonna have to rewatch that episode because it's it's a good episode because he really gets into like why he how he came up with the idea of Tron in the first place because he wrote and directed the movie, yeah. um, and then why he is the way he is now. So I'm gonna have to rewatch it, but um, yeah. Now, so. So Jeremy, I, I've been waiting for you to tell the audience uh, the little fun fact. Oh, my favorite piece of trivia? Okay, so, cool. Okay, so, all right. So, how to bring this up. So, the costumes that everyone wears in the movie, um, they were trying to be very futuristic. So, everyone wears uh, leotards. And, uh, like, I think it's, like, foam pieces of, like, armor on their arms and legs. And then their helmets are hockey helmets. Yeah. Um, but Jeremy. Yeah. But doesn't Jeff Bridges. His is a little different. His is a little different. His is a little different. And at first you're like, why? And then you read this something, this little something, and you go, okay. That's so cool. 
Jeff has a sort of a tunic over his yeah. leotard. Now, this isn't the only time we see it, so I think it's another... No, I think they did it just because they're like, we have to make it make sense, because he can't be the only one wearing one. Yeah, because we see a few people like this, but um, like but, why, but why did Jeff have to do it? He got a big old ding-dong. <laughs> and so, like, apparently his bulge was so big that they're like, oh, man. <laughs> that's Jeff. Gonna, that's going to be distracting. And so they're like, we got to have him wear something, you know? And so he's wearing <laughs> that dancer's belt and the, like, fucking tunic or whatever. And to cover up his his big old ding dong, his magnum dong, yeah, or balls, like it's just balls <laughs> to talk about. Like he could have massive balls, like I don't know, but like oh I, my dude, I'm assuming it's ding dong. That just made me think of that new girl episode where like Jess is all like, and if I'm being honest, ladies, isn't it about the gonads? And they're all just like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah that's, so that's just, so fucking funny. Just packing heat down there, and uh, it makes like. It, if I were another actor on that movie, I'm like, where's my tunic? I'm like, you don't need one. Um, <laughs> oh, Bruce Boxlater, you don't need one. You don't need it, bud. You know? And he's just like, oh. Oh. And so, yeah, he had a, yeah, he's got a big old piece. Big old, <laughs> big old wang. Good for Jeff Bridges. Did, and are you surprised? No. I mean, Not in the slightest am I surprised. Like I said, uh, especially 82, my man, my man was very handsome. Very handsome. Had that nice, uh, great hair. He always has great hair. I even, know. Even now, I know. But even it's great hair he, back then, you know. Even when he shaved his head for Iron Man, still looked great. Great hair, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so man, uh, I'm glad you dug it. I did. Um, oh, that was fun. It's a fun movie. There, there, there are some things I can't even answer, because there is a lot of. I don't have enough wherewithal to even ask a question it's like you know when teachers at school they'll ask you any questions i go i would need to understand it more to ask you a question what's funny i was telling ashley sorry everyone i'm bending over to see how much our recording is um uh i was telling ashley how earlier today that um i barely passed physics in high school because i didn't get it which is wild because i love math and physics is mostly math but i was like what 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 um, but yeah, well, and also Chip Calloway. Yeah. Nice. Me too. I Calloway. I'm 90% certain he just passed me because he liked me. Like you gotta get out of here, man. Please just get the hell out. <laughs> uh, like you make me sad. For that. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, but like, and I would have a hard time answering it anyway, because kind of like what I said earlier is not necessarily what they say is contradictive but they do mix a lot of terminology that we use now in ways that if you're thinking about it now you're like wait that doesn't make any sense like they're using it wrong essentially the terminology like they're saying it right (laughs) it's just you're not using it in the right context yeah pretty much okay um i get that that makes perfect sense but yeah uh yeah, man, I'm I'm really glad you liked yeah. it. Yeah, I'm really glad you liked it. Yeah, man. I was I was a little worried when I first pitched pitched you the idea of like, hey, I need a two parter. Here's why, and I was like, shit, he's gonna hate it. Hate at least the first one. I have a feeling you're gonna like Legos. No, I was surprised that I was enjoying myself watching it, and I was like, oh, I like this. You know, um, and of course, one of my favorite parts of Legacy is the soundtrack. My robot dad's of Daft Punk who scored it. I think we told our audience we were Daft Punk, but uh, oh well. I guess that cat's out of the bag. We are not Daft Punk. <gasps> Damn it. Or we might be. I may be just calling myself Dad. Ew. I know. That I don't gross. like that. <laughs> I'll trust like that. I'm leaving. 
so next week we're doing Tron Legacy. Yes. So, okay. Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up? Wrap, 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 wrap? I am. Uh, I'm excited to watch Tron Legacy. It's going to be fun. Um, I'll have to keep it out of the box so I could. Uh, <laughs> well, if you forget, just tell yeah, me I'll and I'll, I'll let you borrow my car. I'll let you know because um, we're not moving till Monday. So, I mean, we have, I have plenty of them. But, uh, yeah. So, so last week I said this is going to be two-parter. This one is part one, and next week is part two, Tron Legacy. Um, as I've been kind of saying throughout this episode, Tron Legacy builds on a lot that was established in this one. Mainly, yes, because it's a sequel. They had to. Mm-hmm. But because there was a lot of open, open-endedness open in this movie yeah. that they had to figure out how to build upon it. And then how can they make it new and fresh and exciting? Right. Um, by that, and here's a little, here's a little, uh, little tease. Little tease. Uh, the introduction of the ISOs. Mm-hmm. Um, it is wild. Uh, the implications of that. Olivia Wilde? Yeah, she's in it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cora. That's yeah. her. That's her character's name. Uh, can you see where? Is that why you named your cat no, Cora? Jordan named her. That. Oh, okay. But yes, because we were watching Tron Legacy a lot, and he really liked the name Cora, yeah. and so he named his cat. Aw, I love that cat. Um, but yeah, Tron Legacy, like I said last week, that I saw that one first before I saw the original Tron. I had known of the original, well, yeah. but I'd never seen it. And then my dad bought me the uh, the pack that I have, yeah. and I was like, you know what? I'm finally going to watch this. Yeah, And I dug it. Um, and... I was like, it fits so well because there's a lot of references they make to this one, mm-hmm. which, of course, they had to. Of course. Um, I feel like there's something I was going to not necessarily warn you about with Tron Legacy, but kind of get you geared for it. Is it, like, three hours long? No. Oh, okay. I think, it's, I think it barely crests under two. Okay. But it's a little bit more, it, it's it's more in the computer. There, I think there's only... They, oh, good. I, I, think I they prefer only, that. I think they only spent about 15 minutes in the real world. Okay, good. I prefer that, um, if I'm being honest with you. Oh, I just remembered. Uh, they have finally said that uh, there will be a third movie. Interesting. Uh, like, last year, they confirmed, like, yes, there will be a third movie. They're hoping to get everyone to come back, um, which I think would be dope. Um, especially because, with, like I said, the short film that they did, they implied that everyone was going to come back. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And uh, it would be great to see, especially because I think Gareth Davis. I'm gonna have to double check. Yeah. Well, a director of that I, I want to say who I'm thinking of. Uh, I'm pretty excited that they they're looking at him to direct it. Um. But yeah, man. Cool. That's so, exciting. Yeah. So we hope everyone enjoyed Tron, and we'll see you next week for part two, Tron Legacy.